is Manny Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio. And you're listening to Barbecue Central. Shark again! Let's go! We'll do it live. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Barbecue Central Show, a show where we talk about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you. If you want to lob a phone call in tonight, if you want to lob an email in tonight, two separate separate bits of contact information, I will share that with you right now. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Sending an email? Greg at the bbqcentralshow.com. Or on the Twitter and Instagram at bbqcentralshow. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up. In about 12 minutes from now, it's the second Tuesday of the month, which means it is the regular Tuesday spot of the creator of AmazingRibs.com, Meathead, the most heavily trafficked barbecue and grilling website ever. We're going to be talking about cocktails and things that you might be able to smoke or grill to enhance those cocktails, plus we have a handful of Q&A questions that we've fielded from Facebook that we've transferred over. So always enjoy spending not one, but two segments with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. That's our number one. Then we'll move into the second hour, 14 past. We'll be joined by first-time guest and the creator of Girls Can Grill. That is both a website and a social media presence. That, of course, is Christy Vanover. Again, first-timer. Lots to talk about with Christy. Obviously, it's her first foray into the Barbecue Central show, so we'll get a little background on her. If this is her full-time gig or maybe she has a day job like a lot of us and we moonlight into the lion fire, then we'll also talk about some recipes, talk a little bit of website stuff and internet stuff. Lots of uh, great information to be shared and gone over. 14 past the second hour. Then we will move to the bullpen segment, 35 past the second hour. He is a multiple-time Emmy award-winning daytime host. He is a cookbook author. He is a cooking class instructor. But most of all, he's my pal from San Diego, California. Sam, the cooking guy, will close the show tonight. 
plenty to get involved with when it comes to Sam. Of course, one of my favorite folks to talk food with. We will especially be talking about the champagne and desserts because if you didn't know, Valentine's Day is coming up in two days. So if you're just getting on that train, it's going to be a short, quick ride. You have a great possibility of looking foolish, but Sam and I and Meathead, potentially Chrissy, all having our hands and helping you look a little bit better than you might look otherwise. So that's what's happening. 216-220-0966. Greg at the BBQ Central Show. Dot com. All right, so usually this is where I have my opening rant. I don't usually have a first hour and or first segment guest, but I do this evening. Very special occasion. Let's race to the in-studio and welcome my daughter, Madison Rempe. Maddie! Hi, Maddie. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Good. So we're having Maddie in tonight because... Would you believe that in less than three hours, almost exactly, in less than three hours, Maddie's going to be 16 years old, baby! Sweet 16! Wow! Wow. 16 years! Yep. So here's the big question. I asked you this like eight years ago or nine years ago. Whenever you were like uh, the next day was a Wednesday was your birthday. It's like, oh, you know, you're six years old right now. Uh, do you think it's going to feel any different tomorrow morning when you're seven? Well, here's the question all these years later. You're 15 now. Rapidly coming to a close is the age 15. But you're going to be 16. 16 is a big deal. Why is it a big deal? Because I get my driver's license. That's right. And two years closer to be technically the age of adulthood. But you're certainly more responsible than most adult human beings on the face of the earth agree or disagree agree of course so what are you looking forward to the most tomorrow that's a good question and that's why i ask the good questions um, i don't know is there one thing that you're i mean you're looking forward to going to school and having everybody say hey maddie happy birthday are you looking forward to maybe some kind of a dinner that we might be going to Things of this nature. Yeah, maybe dinner. I don't know where we're going, though. What's on top of your list? Uh, barrio? No. That didn't happen last time. Yeah, I know. Kind of upset about that. So we can make it good. Well, barrio's not like birthday dinner, you know? How do you describe birthday dinner? Not like Jeff Ruby's fancy, but not like Olive Garden. So you want some kind of fancy. Is that what you're saying? Kind of. You want to be revered and appreciated a little bit tomorrow? I mean, maybe, but like, <laughs> we could just go to, I don't even know what restaurants are near us anymore. Good. They're all like closing. They are? Yeah. Aren't they all the same restaurants that have well, always I mean, been around us? I wanted to go to Bravo, but that's in Legacy Village. Well, that's like well, 10 hours away. Well, I mean, it's like 15 minutes away. Okay. That's still far. Is it really? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. But I mean, what, yeah, I guess that's I'm really where you want to go. Then we, I think we have to make that happen. I still don't know. I have it's, to think about it. It's sweet 16. You only turned 16 once. By the way, you only turned 15 and 14 and 30. Uh -oh. You get it. I got it. 
So here's the big second question of the interview. When can you get your license or take us through the process for those that are just having kids or maybe they're a couple years away, at least in Ohio. I'm not sure where it is across the nation, but what's the process of getting a license here in Ohio? Well, when you turn 15 and a half, you are, I guess, legally allowed to go get your. We're going to red. I don't know what that is. No, we're not. (laughs) We're not going to red. Get out of here. (laughs) I don't know what red is. It's a steakhouse. Really high dollar steak. I don't want steak. Of course not. We are not going to red. (laughs) Okay. All right. Go ahead. Um, What was I talking about? You were talking about getting your license in the process. Yeah. So once you turn 15 and a half, you are allowed to go... Get yes. your temporary driver's permit. Yeah. And you are allowed to start driving with your parents. Uh-huh. Once you get your permit, you have to start doing a driving school, which you can either do online or in classes. Mm-hmm. I did online because easier and quicker. And you this didn't want to chewy. go to classes. No, this is Chewy. Oh, hi, Chewy. Very nice to see you. Get out of my studio, cat. <laughs> and then after you finish your classes, yeah. you schedule your in-cars, mm-hmm. which is driving around with an instructor for three hours. At a clip. Huh? Three hours at a time. Yes. Yeah. How fun is that? I mean, it's not fun, but if you have a good instructor like I did, you guys will talk so it won't be too boring. Mm-hmm. And then... After you finish your in-cars, you schedule your driver's test and get your L's. Your L's? Is that what the kids are calling it these days? Yes. The kid, the L's. I got my L's in the uh, late 1800s. Yeah? Yeah. Very old. First time cars were coming about, I got my L's. All right. So oh. we got 30 seconds left. What do you have to say to the Centralites as you are racing towards 16 at a breakneck pace? Keep Grilling your food, yeah, and making a good and listening to my dad's show. Yes, mostly that, and that's why you're my favorite. Yep, and I know everybody else is watching, and I mean it too. So there you go. <laughs> All right, well, Maddie, thanks for uh, a successful opening segment. We can uh, only go downhill from there because you have set the bar way too high as usual. Yep. All right. Tend to do that. You do. All right. Well, thank you, Maddie. You're welcome. All right. We'll see you next year. <laughs> That's my daughter, Maddie Rippin. So pretty, right? All right, well, where we're going for dinner continues to be up in the air. However, what's not up in the air is me telling you a little bit about a great new book soon to be released. How great? It premiered on Amazon as the number one release in the barbecue and grilling section. It's called Grill Seeker, Basic Training for Everyday Grilling. Let me tell you a little bit about the author. From the battlefields of Afghanistan, Iraq, Somalia, and Bosnia to a state-of-the-art outdoor kitchen, Matt Eads is looking to unite people through grilling, no matter our race, gender, sexual orientation, cultural upbringing, socioeconomic socioeconomic standing or political affiliation cooking over fire brings people together differences getting set aside that's why you should pre-order your copy of grill seeker 
basic training for everyday grilling right now. Get it on Amazon. Focus of Grill Seekers to show readers that gourmet grilling doesn't have to be just a weekend activity. With Matt's tips and tricks, you can craft amazing meals and create amazing memories for family and friends every night of the week. The memories and the camaraderie that uh, the grilling has created for Matt dating back to his teen years and throughout his time in the Marines fuel the desire to spread his passion for outdoor cooking. They're also the reason he started the United by Flame movement on social media. Hashtag United by Flame. Here's a few teaser recipes from the book. Grilled grapes and roasted garlic-infused ricotta crostini. Grilled Napa. I'm sorry, grilled Nashville hot chicken. Grilled peach boats with mascarpone ice cream. What? Don't forget, join the hashtag United by Flame movement. Head to grillseeker.com. And at the very top of the website above the logo, click the United by Flame link and then check out the page. Don't forget, you can send in a photo of Matt while you're cooking in front of your grill or your barbecue pit. Matt will share that to the page, and you'll become a member of the hashtag United by Flame movement. The website, grillseeker.com, links to the book can be found on my website on the main page or in the show notes. Grillseeker, basic training for everyday grilling. It's Matt Eats, coming up at the end of the month, by the way. All right, Meathead coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. Casting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oils, all the Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyard. Be the pit master of your neighborhood. Visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always, always trust your butcher. All right, the second Tuesday of the month brings a visit from none other than the creator of the AmazingRibs.com website and, of course, a Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer. Meathead is joining us. Hey, 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 how am I going to follow that? I don't know. How are you? Oh my goodness! How did how did such an ugly son of a gun as Whoa. you spawn Uh-oh. such a mute as that? I don't. Well, I mean, I do have a wife, and she's really hot. Okay, that explains a lot. She overcomes my poor genetic pool. Somebody in the uh, comments section on Facebook uh, said. You know, grow long hair on Greg, and he'll look just like her. Yeah, I mean, you know, people want to say that, but in the end, that's really not at all the case. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's hard to believe it's been, let's see, when we were in Chicago, are we coming up on three years now when we were in Chicago oh, taking that? Since I've seen you? It could be three years. Oh, will you be my Valentine? Meathead, it would be an honor, sir, and a privilege, of course. <laughs> 
And a completely different lifestyle, but nevertheless, I'm open to it. <laughs> I'm open to it. All right. So before we get into some of the items that we want to talk about here this evening, Meathead, let's quickly, if there is any type of book progress update that you're allowed to share. Um, well, the topic we thought we'd take on tonight, I, I've been having fun working with grilled and smoked cocktails. Yes. And, uh, I just came back from Paso Robles where I was working with the woman who's collaborating we, with me on this book and her husband, who are very talented uh, mixologists, um, trying to, um, well, we, my wife and I toured central coast of California mm. in the daytime, but we punched in promptly every day, three days at the bar and yep. <laughs> started making drinks and cooking dinner. It was a besotted uh, three days, but we had a lot of fun. So, uh, um, the book is, um, slowly, but surely progressing. It's, it's really going to happen, right? Oh yeah. It has to. It has to. You're self-publishing. It doesn't have to. You're your own boss. Oh, no, no. I've made a commitment. Uh, in fact, members of our Pitmaster Club are getting excerpts from the book as I complete them. There's more coming. I've been posting it in the Pitmaster Club for them. Uh, so that's another benefit to membership. What kind of feedback are you getting on the, the stuff that you release? So far, pretty good. Um, I mean, are you uh, are you open to criticism and feedback, or are oh, you just looking for yeah, it's great and move on? No, no. This is the cool thing about what we're doing is that it's sort of crowdsourcing. You know, people try the recipes. We've tested the heck out of them, but you know, if somebody tries it on a Kamado and I haven't tested it on a Kamado, and they run into a snag, or I just ran into one recipe with. Uh, a reader who did a uh, we're, we're doing a lot of fun stuff with exotic flavors and uh, one of the readers had uh, used done a recipe that called for hoisin sauce and he mm. thought it was very thin and dull and I, every time I've done it it's very rich and glossy and uh, it turned out he was using a cheap grade of hoisin so mm. I had to modify the recipe to point out make sure you use a good grade of hoisin and I recommended a brand so Meathead, uh, Thursday shows Valentine's Day. Are you a big Valentine's Day guy by and large, or is that a manufactured thing for you, or where do you weigh in on Valentine's Day? Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a romantic at heart. I've been married 44 years, um, um, and uh, you, you, you teased the show today, you SOB, with promises that we would talk about romance. Yes. Uh, uh, so here's here's my one hint. People ask me, what's the secret of a 44-year marriage? Ask me. Uh, Meathead, what is the secret to a 44-year marriage? Repeat after me. Yes. Yes, dear. <laughs> That's it, right? No, repeat after me. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. You were right. You were right. And I was wrong. And I was wrong. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Learn that it goes quickly. A long way. Learn that quickly. That's right. Yeah. I mean, do you have any other advice for dudes that are looking to maybe really go over the top Thursday that uh, maybe they haven't thought of might help them impress a significant other? Well, don't go to a restaurant, man. It is gouge the customer night. I mean, you know, everybody wants to go out for dinner on Valentine's Day because they can't cook. Hmm. Uh, and uh, everybody gets gouged at a high price and a limited menu, and it's crammed, and it's noisy. 
cook. Um, you know, the old saying about the way to a man's heart is through his stomach. The inverse is equally true. The way to a woman's heart is through her stomach. Uh, either way, cook. Is it the lazy way out to go out? Could be. You yeah. know, the old saying about what are you making for dinner tonight? The answer is reservations. <laughs> <laughs> Meathead joining me here on the show. AmazingRibs.com is the website. On uh, Are you on Twitter, Meathead? Oh, yeah. I'm at, uh, at Meathead yeah, on okay, Twitter. Okay, that's what I thought. At Meathead. I didn't know if that handle was uh, still significant or not. Or, uh, yeah, or still oh, yeah. Valid I get all of the hate mail aimed yeah. for Rob Briner. Yeah. Oh, great. Even better. <laughs> One yeah. of my favorites. All right. So on topic this evening, as you had alluded to, is cocktails with grilled and smoked ingredients. In fact, the promotional piece that I put up on Instagram a handful of hours ago was star anise smoldering on a oak plank with a glass yeah. over the top of it. So the visual, yeah. if you're not only if you're not able to see the visual, just me talking about it has to be conjuring up some kind of a thought process in your mind but this is something i don't know i mean i remember that uh, was it that kingsford university when we got stuck all the way out in uh, bell missouri and there was the grilled lemonade and you know whatever else there was a lot of lemons and limes being that was like the first time i had seen ingredients getting grilled or smoked first and then being infused into some kind of cocktail and it really hasn't lost any type of cachet in fact i would argue that oh, uh, more and more it's really catching on so uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you're seeing and what you're recommending on the grilled and smoked ingredients for cocktails well you know greg that was you know that's a f- funny point that you make that point just to elaborate for the readers who don't remember don't know the story uh greg and i were both at an event kingsford did in las vegas years ago um, and there are about a dozen or so barbecue lovers out there, uh, most of us media, blogger types. And um, well, they had some fun activities for us. Uh, Chris Lilly did a, uh, a butchering demonstration. And uh, among the others, they had a little cocktail contest. And uh, uh, Chris did something. He made his grilled lemonade. But the rest of us were doing cocktails. And... Um, uh, my team, Robin Lindars, and um, gosh, who else was on my team? I forget now. But we made something we called the Rim Job, which was um, oh. like a, a smoked tomato Bloody Mary that was rimmed in a barbecue rub and that had a uh, smoked rib bone as a swizzle. And it was really quite tasty. And that's kind of what set me off in this direction. And the new book that I'm working on, it's called The Meathead Method. Um, mm. I, I'm, I, I decided we'd bring some cocktail info in here because m- many of our barbecue folks love to drink. And, uh, you know, uh, Jack Daniels is sort of the popular drink. Um, but uh, there's an awful lot of uh, folks who like cocktails, and they've really become quite chic in the past 10 years. You know, in the old days, it was just a bartender, and then it became a uh, mixologist. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, a lot of them are calling themselves bar chefs, and they're using some of the same techniques that kitchen chefs are using, and uh, uh, some of them are playing with smoke, a lot of them use a gizmo called the smoking gun. Yeah. And 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 basically it's like a hash pipe with a rubber tube on the end. What's a hash you pipe? Put, oh, you don't know what a hash pipe is? <laughs> I've heard I've heard um, them. I've seen them on the internet. 
it, it, it's a um, um, a, uh, a weed uh, delivery vessel. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Hashish is a very very potent version of marijuana, I guess, and uh, it's a very small bowl. And uh, th- these oh. things have like a, a motor with a blower and a rubber tube, and you put sawdust in that little small bowl, and it creates smoke and then pushes it down the tube so you can stick it into a drink or um, I've put it in I- – I've taken like a baking tray with scallops and cover it with um, – a baking pan, I should say – cover it with saran wrap and stick this tube under there and let it smoke and it does it puts a very delicate subtle flavor on things like cocktail onions um uh, olives um uh, shrimp uh and so on and uh, you can put that tube into a drink and smoke especially if you've got a drink um that has uh dairy in it uh things like a, a brandy alexander um it sticks to fatty substances pretty well mm. Um, so we're playing with stuff like that. One of the things that I think I invented, I you know, I, it's hard to take claim for something in this world because there's always somebody who came ahead of you. But I think I kind of invented a technique for making smoked ice, and I think it's one of the coolest things I've ever done. And and um, what you do is is you take a, 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 a bunch of ice cubes and put them in a baking pan. And you put them on your smoker, or if you don't, don't have a smoker, you just have a grill set up in two zones, throw a bunch of wood on the hot side, and let it smoke for about an hour or so. Smoke sticks to wet surfaces and cold surfaces pretty well, so the smoke will stick to the ice, and eventually it melts, and you get this lightly tan water with smoke dissolved in it. Um, Greg, I'm going to say something that's going to make you barf, but it's a form of liquid smoke. Um, we know, we all know regulars here all know how Greg hates liquid smoke, but liquid smoke is made uh, very much the same way bourbon does. Yep. So if you, if you hate liquid smoke, put down that bourbon. Um, so I mean, that's, case, it's uh, totally a, a, a crazy comparison that you just made me, Ted, and I'm not going to let you get away with it. Saying that the process is the same is not the same as one tasting like crap and the other one tasting like uh, something that was just wrung out of Jesus's hand. <laughs> it's a very similar process, and uh, most commercial barbecue sauces have liquid smoke in it. Yes, uh, because it can give things a, uh, a slightly outdoorsy flavor. In any case. Um, you melt the ice cubes uh, with warm air inside your smoker, and the smoke sticks to it. And then you freeze it back up in an ice cube tray. And now you have ice cubes that have a very delicate smoky flavor. And uh, you can either just put them in a drink on the rocks um, or put the ice cubes in a shaker. And uh, when you, one of the cool things about a shaker is it not only chills. You know, people joke about bond whether he wants it shaken or stirred but when you stir a drink with ice cubes in it there's very little melting um so you get a stronger drink but if you put um ice cubes in a shaker it chips off the edges of the ice cubes and sometimes breaks them up and you get more dilution that way and so that water um uh, adds to the character and you'll get a little smoky character into the drink and it's very subtle and one of the cool things about it is is that it's barely noticeable at first 
but as you nurse your drink, it gets stronger and stronger. So you have this kind of musicality to the drink where it changes with time. There's a, a temporal aspect to it. It's a lot of fun. Um, so smoked ice is a cool technique to use. Um, and uh, there, there's other techniques. You mentioned the uh, anise. Um, you get these um, um, uh, anise pods um, and uh, uh, you lay them on a wooden plank and you get like a, um, uh, a Bunsen burner or they have these uh, little kitchen torches that, is, that are butane. And you, you start it smoldering and then you put the glass upside down and all that smoke is captured in the glass. And then you make the drink and you pour the drink in the glass and the smoke gets a little dissolved into the drink. Again, it's very subtle, hmm. but it's really quite nice. So would this be working well? Also, the first thing that's coming to my mind is smoke. You see everybody making these smoked Manhattans, smoked old fashioned. So can you take your mm -hmm. smoked ice, put a cube or two in a you know nice rocks glass, and then mm -hmm. pour yourself three or four fingers of your favorite bourbon and it complements it, or will the bourbon overtake? Um, it's a very mild character, so it really doesn't um, uh, overtake the uh, the bourbon. Um, the, the, depending on what drink, you know, cocktails can be quite strong flavored. Sure, um, you've got not only the alcohol, but you've got your basic elements of a cocktail are you have your um, hard, which is the whiskey. Um, you have your soft, which is the um, it could be uh, sour mix or lime juice or so soft drinks or milk or whatever, but it's non-alcoholic. Often there's sweet, which it could be either sugar or simple syrup. Um, there's uh, often uh, bitters. Um, there's mm. often um, uh, something on the rim. So there's a variety of things go into a cocktail. And as a, as a sum, they can be quite strong. Um, so the smoke really uh, is just a fiddle in the orchestra, and it doesn't overtake. Now, on the smoked ice, there were a couple of drinks we made where we noticed after an hour it started getting stronger as it melted, um, and we liked it less. But in general, it was really a nice, a nice thing. So let me ask you on that. As you're talking about the ice starting to, or, or the longer you were nursing this drink, the more pronounced the smoke came. Is this also indicative of in the wine world? And we're going to actually talk a little bit more wine after the break here, but there's a, a constant notion of, and let me preface any type of snobbery right off the top and say, drink any wine, any way you want, pair it however you want. I don't care. As long as it tastes good to you, that's the way you want to do it. But I agree. to me, when I was really drinking wine and really into it, uh, I was told, especially with white wines, don't drink it cold. There is that propensity to want to chill a bottle of white wine and you're drinking it, but you're not really experiencing what that wine is like because the cold is hiding some nose, it's hiding some other flavors. And then after it gets to room temperature, it's a whole different wine than it was when you took it out of the refrigerator or you had kept it at 55 degrees or what have you. Similar concept then, do you think, with the ice when it's super cold in a, a block form, it's not releasing the bouquet? Can be. Can be. Um, I think with wine, I mean, what we remember from high school uh, physics and chemistry class is that when things are chilled, the molecules move slower. 
Um, so um, the flavor molecules aren't as active in a cold drink. Um, so when you allow a drink to warm up, those flavor molecules get more active, vibrate more. But a lot of that happens on your tongue. I mean, if you take a sip of white wine that's chilled, it's going to warm fairly quickly in your mouth unless you just knock it back. Mm -hmm. um, so um, those flavors are constantly changing. And we all perceive them differently, too. We've learned that one person's taste uh, is very different than one man's trash is another man's treasure, is the old saying. Um, everybody's taste is different. Taste is a matter of taste. Chacun a son coût. I think is the French expression. I wouldn't but, have the first. Um, yeah, flavors change with temperature, um, and and that's kind of what's going on here with the um, uh, the smoked ice. Uh, there was something else that we did that was a lot of fun. We we mixed up a bunch of drinks, and we kept saying, "Gosh, I don't notice." Like for example, we did a drink where the um, sour mix was um, grilled lemon, mm. and it was. We tasted it. We really liked it, and the lemon flavor was rich. But we just kept saying, well, I don't see where the grilled flavor is. I, you know, it's a nice drink, and it was just very creative. We did some fun stuff with it, um, but we don't. And then I, we thought about it, and I said, can we make the same drink without grilling the lemon? And boy, was there a difference. Hmm. It was just so subtle that you did, it was lemon. But what happened is it changed the chemistry. Mm -hmm. There was no grill flavor or smoke flavor in the lemon juice, but it altered the chemistry of the lemon. And as you looked at it, it was a much darker golden color, and it was richer. It was slightly sweet, or right, it wasn't right. as acidic. And it really, side by side, the two drinks, the grilled lemon one was so much better. So all kinds of fun stuff we discovered. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com joining me here as he does the second Tuesday of every month. Meathead, stand by, and uh, we will come back and do some Facebook question and answering. We'll also see if there's anything else that you might want to talk about uh, before we turn off the grilled cocktail talk. In the meantime, I'm going to talk to you quickly about Southside Market and Barbecue. Anyone interested in sausage? Anyone interested in the love of barbecue? Yeah, all of us, established in 1882. Southside is the oldest barbecue joint in Texas, and they have been owned and operated by the same family for three generations. Famous for the beef sausage, coarse ground in a natural pork casing. Also, they have authentic Central Texas barbecue to sell as well. All the meats, including their prime briskets, smoked low and slow for many hours over real Texas post oak wood. That's how they do it down there. They ship nationwide via the online store, southsidemarket.com. They also ship fresh and smoked sausages nationwide. Shipping customers can choose to order now and ship later. Include a custom gift note and mail to multiple addresses without any additional charges. That's what I did this past Christmas for all the embedded correspondence. Shipped items are vacuum sealed to ensure freshness, ease of preparation for the customer. Shipped with dry ice to ensure complete freshness upon arrival. All meats processed in that on-site USDA inspected facility. On-site meat markets for fresh and smoked products. Custom orders are available as well. Two restaurants if you want to try them out. Elgin, Texas, since 1882. Bastrop, Texas, since 2014. Grocery distribution through Texas and many surrounding states as well. If you can only shop at southsidemarket.com, you've hit the jackpot. You can get 10% off your entire online order. If you use code BBQCENTRAL, lowercase one word, at checkout, that's 10% off the entire online order at southsidemarket.com. When you use code BBQ Central, 
talking with Meathead from AmazingRibs.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right. This portion of the show brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. You can visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase. You can also buy from Amazon.com if you would prefer. You go to CookinPellets.com, download their free app, and they'll even alert you to great shipping prices when those come. In the meantime, we pick up our conversation with Meathead from Amazing Ribs. Dot com. Uh, Meathead, anything to tie up the smoked cocktail ingredients and grilled stuff? Um, just a couple other things uh, that you can play with as you're experimenting. Um, we'll have the uh, drink recipes. I'll probably put a few of them in the Pitmaster Club mm-hmm. uh, once I perfect them in the next few months. Uh, and then uh, they'll be in my next book when it comes out about a year from now. But um, some things to play with is... Um, uh, smoked salt, um, you can buy it or make it. Uh, a smoking sugar is something fun to play with. Um, if you want, you can try flaming drinks, but they are really dangerous. Be careful, especially flaming shots. Just Google flaming shots on the Internet, and you'll see pictures of people setting their mouth on fire, um, setting their mustache on fire, setting the house on fire. Sounds fun. Uh, yeah, just, just beware of flaming shots. Um, but you can use things like um, um, smoked hot sauce. Uh, uh, chipotle Tabasco is uh, chipotle is smoked. You can use um, chipotle um, in a drink to get some heat. Um, the smoking guns, that's a brand name, but there are imitations that are less expensive on Amazon, and they work. I've got one. Um, you can do things like grilling all kinds of Fruits, pineapple. There, there's nothing better than oh, grilled pineapple. Agreed. It's wonderful. By the way, if you like grilled pineapple, I just came back from vacation, uh, my first one in five years, and we went to Hawaii, and I went to Michael Mina's strip steak restaurant in Waikiki, and instead of making bananas foster, which is a famous flamed dessert, yep. they made pineapple foster mm. and i filmed the whole process and it's on uh youtube.com slash amazing ribs i just posted it it's pretty cool and you can recreate the recipe just from watching the video um other things you can do is you can light your garnishes uh orange peel um rosemary cinnamon you can light them all on fire um you can use wood chips i mentioned that we used anise i should be clear it was star anise yep. and then when we were done we dropped the star anise in the drink, and it really tasted neat. Huh. Uh, so there's a lot of fun stuff you can play with. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com joining me here on the show. All right, so let's go ahead and transition over to some Facebook Q&A if you're up for it. Yeah, and I should also jump in here. With with, with Valentine's Day coming around, and yes. if you're going to be cooking at home, yes. may I suggest chocolate being the um, favorite uh, Valentine uh, treat. On our website, I have a chocolate barbecue sauce. Hmm. It's really good, um, and it's a lot of fun. So whoop up some ribs with a chocolate barbecue sauce for your lover. Or um, it's not barbecued. It's not grilled. It doesn't have fire involved. 
Um, but you can, um, there's a recipe um, for, um, oh God, uh, little chocolate balls. What are they called for crying out loud? Um, chocolate balls? Yeah, you know, uh, there's a, it's a, oh, for crying out loud, my memory is troubles. Buckeye somebody balls? In, somebody in the uh, uh, online will tell me the answer. But in any case, they're really, they're, oh, uh, uh, you mean uh, bonbons? No, it, it, <laughs> skip it and I'll, I'll think of it in a minute. All right. Uh, first question, uh, truffles. Truffles, that's it. Chocolate truffles. Thank you. I thought of it. I thought of it. It's not It's not uh, Christy Vanover from Girls Can Grill that thought of it. I thought of it, of course. <laughs> it, it's really easy to make chocolate truffles, and I have the recipe on AmazingRibs.com, and it's fun because your hands get all covered in chocolate. That's right. We love to be messy. That's part of being a barbecue and griller. First question from Steve in Tennessee, Meathead. Tell me about wines that pair with pork, brisket, and chicken, all barbecued. Okay. Um, look, you know, I one of the reasons I feel comfortable answering this, and your readers, some of them, your listeners, some of them know, I had a previous life to barbecue. I was the wine critic for the Washington Post and the Chicago Tribune. I published a magazine and was on the USA wine tasting team. So I, I know a little bit about wine. I'm not up to speed currently on all the hot new wineries and stuff. But the general theory in all wine and food pairing is take a look at the food and find the dominant characteristic. So if it's pork ribs, but you're putting a really heavy, rich, Kansas City barbecue sauce or a chocolate sauce on it, that's going to be the dominant flavor. So it's you're, that's what you do your matching with. If it's just a simple piece of grilled fish, then the fish is the dominant flavor. But if you're making a really lemony sauce, that's the dominant flavor. So identify the dominant flavor. So when you say barbecued pork, my question is, is what's with it or on it? If it's just a pork chop grilled or smoked, I tend to go for a light white wine that's got good acidity um, that will cut through fat um, like a Sauvignon Blanc. Um, but if it's got a, uh, a mustard sauce on there, uh, I might go for something richer like a Chardonnay. It really varies. But um, I think the key is, is what's your dominant flavor and match your wine to that. And there's two ways in matching. There's complement and contrast. You can wear um, a yellow shirt with brown pants, they complement, or blue pants, they contrast. Um, and the same idea here with wine, you can choose, for example, a very hot, spicy barbecue dish, go for a slightly sweet white like a Riesling mm -hmm. or a um, Asti Spumanti or something like that, a Moscato, which is a comp contrast or go for something that complements it um usually for fatty foods i want acidity because acidity cuts the fat it's like brushing your teeth between each bite meathead bringing the wine talk because he's still an expert whether he wants to downplay it or not next question is from josh poston if meathead's theory of beer can chicken is correct i could cook a chicken over a can of kerosene and the chicken will not be affected true or false um, I didn't say it will not be affected. Mm -hmm. It won't be affected much. Um, the kerosene is a lot more volatile 
than beer. Beer is 95% water, 5% alcohol. Yeah. That alcohol is the volatile component. The kerosene is like 95% kerosene. That's very volatile. And it will get onto the surface of the inside of the shoulder. But it can't penetrate deep into the meat because the meat is saturated with water. And so there's no room for anything else to get in there. Uh, so it will escape the roof of the can. And where the gap is between the can of the roof and the shoulder, it can condense because the chicken is cooler than the beer. So it will condense on the surface. And yes, th that bite will have some kerosene flavor. But anywhere else, the drumsticks, the thighs, the wings, even the rest of the breast, no way you will taste kerosene. You may smell it because that fragrance might get all over the place, but uh, more likely what will happen is the kerosene will catch on fire, and then you'll be able to taste it. <laughs> uh, Josh, uh, let me be uh, Waterford crystal clear here. Do not try it out. Please do yeah, not please. try it out. Yeah, we don't you. want That's to read right. next month that you. I tried it out. Meathead Bob burned my grill down. This, that, and the other. Yeah. We don't want to dialing hear it. in from the hospital. We appreciate the question. <laughs> Do not try that at home. Next question coming in from Doug in Texas. Does Meathead have uh, Does Meathead have any secrets for frying for long periods of time on a pellet cooker besides taking out the drip pan? Would you recommend deep frying on a pellet cooker, Meathead? Well, uh, we've talked in the past, you and I, Greg, about frying on a grill. Yes. Um, the, the, the People who are into frying, and I've learned a lot about it because I got into frying, is that there's a sweet spot between 350 and 375. And that's where most foods are fried. Some things can be fried as low as 325. But the lower the temperature, the more the oil penetrates. So three, 375 is where... As, as a rule of thumb, I start all my frying, and the minute you start putting food in there, yeah. it cools it off in a hurry, and you got to get that temp back up. So if you put, say you've got a, um, uh, a one-gallon Dutch oven, and you put an inch of cooking oil in there, um, and then you're going to fry four pieces of chicken, that cooking oil will go up to 375, but the minute you put four pieces of refrigerator temp, 38 degree Fahrenheit or less, uh, in there, it's the temp's going to take a nosedive down to about three and a quarter uh, or less, and you got to get it heated back up in a hurry. So you need a lot of heat. I like doing it in a Dutch oven because the the oven itself holds a lot of energy and a lot of heat, so it helps stabilize temp. Um, and uh, pellet smokers uh, tend to be like your indoor oven; they tend to be really good ovens. They're indirect heat. So you'd have to take the diffuser out and get it right over the hot pot. And I don't know if it would get hot enough to get it up to 375. It might. Um, and how well the temp would recover once it chills. Um, but, uh, you know, you could try it and find out. But you'd have to get it right over that flame. I would get that deflector plate out of the way if you can. I would be nervous because I do have a number of pellet cookers now on my back porch. But if I took out the defect, uh, the def the deflector shield, and then I guess I put the grill grates back on so that can accommodate the pan, so uh, you know then I'm overneath the fire. I'm still worried that there's going to be some splattering. 
I'm not as worried on my gas grill about splattering, but for some reason with the pellet cooker, I'm worried about splattering because you do have a lot of ash that's being blown around uh, and collecting underneath. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's going to catch fire, but I'm thinking just from a ooey gooey mess kind of a situation. I don't mm-hmm. think that is an issue. I mean, um, pellet smokers do create ash, and with the deflector plate off, that ash will fly around. Yeah. I don't think that's any kind of flame hazard. Some of that might get into the pot, but that's one of the reasons why I say I use a one gallon. Um, Dutch oven with only an inch in there for fried chicken. Um, fried chicken, you want the chicken to touch the bottom of the pan because the hot pan will also cook it, and it's hotter than the oil. Now, for things like that are in a batter, like fried pickles or French fries, which aren't in a batter, but those you want to deep fry. Those you want three to four inches of oil mm. so they'll float and churn, uh, onion rings, Um but things like chicken, you want to keep a shallow, uh, shallow layer of oil so they're in contact with the bottom of the pan. So if you've got a, a one-gallon Dutch oven, that's got four, five, six inches of sidewall. I mean, and you're only an inch in the bottom. Mm. It, it's not going to splatter much. All right, Meathead, here's the last one. It's not necessarily a question, but uh, giving us an update here. I don't know if you had heard it, but according to researchers at Texas A&M, Beef brisket contains high levels of oleic acid, which produces high levels of HDLs, the good kind of cholesterol. Oleic acid has two major benefits. It produces HDLs, which lower your risk of heart disease, and it lowers LDLs, the bad type of cholesterol. What are we saying in deduction? Eat more brisket, of course. Did you know that oleic acid is uh, no, prevalent? I, I didn't in know that, but let, let's get something out here right now because we hear Uh-oh. the same thing about grass-finished beef versus corn-finished or grain-finished, and you know, all these foods that have benefits or that have detriments like processed meats and such. If you live to eighty years old, you will eat eighty thousand meals. Wow. You eat about 1,000 meals a year. Um, you eat three meals a day times 365, three times 365 is about 1,000, 80 years, 80,000 meals. Wow. You can eat some salami. You can eat some pastrami. You can eat Cheetos. You just don't, and, and, and you can eat brisket. It appears but you can eat brisket, a lot of brisket and be healthier you for eat it. a lot of goddamn brisket for <laughs> to do you any good for crying out loud wow. you know i mean so you're going to have a brisket one what are you going to do how many of us even eat brisket once a week not me i mean you know i mean i love my brisket but i'd be lucky if i kick if i i'm not a competitor i'll be lucky if i cook 3 or 4 a year so what is going to happen to my heart from eating 3 brisket meals a year Come on. You don't think you're going to reap health benefits of uh, the oleic acid three times a year, meathead? All this dietary science, (laughs) stop reading it. But this is from from Texas A&M. They're beef experts. Well, that's fine. There's oleic acid in there. Wonderful. Good for them. I mean, you know, eat eat fish. Eat uh, just, you know, come on. Mom had it right, and so did um, Michael Pollan. Um, eat a mixed diet of a little bit of everything. And, and I, I, you know, you can search amazingribs.com, and except for an article that talks about just this subject, mm. 
won't find anything about health. We never say this is a healthy recipe because it has less fat or this is it just the other thing about this is, oh, you got me riled up here now, Greg. Great. Um, um, dietary science is not ah! the same as laboratory science. Mm. In laboratory science, I just talked about how we made a cocktail and we couldn't really taste the difference. It was just delicious. We didn't taste the grill flavor. Then we made one without. Here you have a control. Here you have an experiment. You can see the difference. Yep. In doing physics and chemistry, you can have a control and you can have an experiment and you can see the difference. You can't get a hundred people and divide them into two groups and lock them in rooms and feed one group brisket every day for 10 years and another group uh, um, pulled pork every day for 10 years and come to a conclusion. The way dietary science works is they ask people to keep a diary and they ask them to be honest and they lie. They don't tell them about the chocolate bonbons that they had. They don't, and they, they don't, they don't say that I, they had, um, uh, eight ounces of brisket. They say they have four ounces and those, and then they look at these diaries and then they look at the mortality rate and they say, well, this guy ate a lot of red meat and he died five years younger than the other guy who ate a lot of fish, therefore fish is better. And then there's this whole issue of cause and effect. Mm. Um, um, uh, correlation is not causation is what they say. I watch TV. They have really good evidence that if you watch a lot of TV, there's a higher likelihood you'll be obese. So TV causes obesity. There must be something about the radiation coming off of that TV that causes the obesity, right? Or the inactivity of you watching television. Or all the snacks I'm eating. But the <laughs> point is, is they're cry trying to say that it's healthier to eat this food than that food. We don't know what other factors are at play here. I'm sorry, but I, I hope there aren't many dietitians out there listening here. But well, I, I don't do. pay a lot of attention to dietary science. I just try to eat a mixed diet. I try to eat a little bit of everything, not too much of anything. I certainly I love a hot dog, but I don't eat them every day. Yep. I don't even eat them once a week. I mean, I'm not going to die from eating one or two hot dogs a month. I eat 80,000 meals in my lifetime. No one thing is going to make me healthier. It's the quantity of food that I eat and the lack of exercise that I get that comes into play here. Meathead from AmazingRibs.com, breaking it all down. You can find him on the Twitter at Meathead. Go ahead and uh, flame him, if you will, dietitians and scientists <laughs> and all that stuff over there. He loves to see it. But in the meantime, you can catch him here the second Tuesday of every month. Meathead, always appreciate the time, my friend. Greg, always fun talking to you in the Centralites. Happy Valentine's, everybody. Be my Valentine. All right. We'll be Meathead's Valentine. Absolutely. Who doesn't want to be Meathead's Valentine from Amazing Ribs? I know I do. Wow. All right. Well, there you have it. A little caught up on the oleic acid brisket situation. Eugene, great question. You got Meathead all riled up. Love it. Head on over right now to BigPapaSmokers.com for all your barbecue needs. Big Papa Smokers, the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. 
Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. From the award-winning rubs and sauces to the American-made grills and smokers, Big Papa Smokers has something for everybody, and it will help you become a better outdoor cook. Big Papa's has those championship rubs and seasonings. Flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, Money, Gold Desert, just to name a few. You know, they have over 13 perfectly balanced flavors that transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Also, a great relationship with Steph Franklin and the folks over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Put them together, you now have the West Coast offense in your hands. And we know how that's been working on the competition circuit for the last handful of years. They have barbecue sauces, a whole bunch of them to include Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to sauce, you might want to try that one. Aside from the rubs and sauces, they also offer a great selection of pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offers special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Fine. Take a look at the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. And if you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast like me looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever... The M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. Not sure what kind of grill you need? You really can't go wrong with anything featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard cook and budget. Check out the website today to shop the full selection. You know what? It's clear that Big Papa's the place to go for all things barbecue. Everything featured on the website, hand-selected to help you barbecue better. If you have any questions, you can call them 877-828-0727. That's 877 877- 828-0727 or you can shop their website bigpapasmokers.com that's bigpapasmokers.com Alright, we are back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. And the mic has to be on for you to hear me. Thanks again to Meathead from AmazingRibs.com for joining me last segment. Steven Broderson weighing in on the instant chat. All science studies are a bunch of BS. How many times have eggs been proven to be bad for you? Then, good for you. Then, bad for you. Then, good for you. It's a good point. In case you were wondering, the 2019 horse meat shirts are available and where are they i got a picture of it look at this guy phil ludswick is in with a 2019 horse meat shirt available on amazon like literally all you have to do is go to amazon.com and in the search uh just put horse meat it'll be there You will also have the opportunity to get the 2018 version if you want. You can keep a running year hoard. He's got the 2019 version. Again, Amazon.com has them right now. Go to Amazon.com, search Horse Meat 2019. You'll find it. 
setting up for the second hour. Christy Vanover, Sam the Cooking Guy, your phone calls and emails, and a take about last week that you won't want to miss. Stick around. Be right back.